Meet the Reverse Flash for the first time as we take a look at The Flash, The Silver Age, Volume 3, straight ahead. Welcome to the Classy Comics Podcast, where we search for the best comics in the universe. From Boise, Idaho, here is your host, Adam Graham. The third volume of Flash Silver Age Comics features some milestones, but uh, a little bit less than in previous volumes. Uh, probably the first one that happens, this book, I should say, collects issues 134 to 147 of The Flash, running up to about September of 1964. The first big thing that happens is in Flash number 135, when uh, the Earth is being invaded from another dimension, and uh, Wally West gets a new costume. His original Kid Flash costume was just a uh, mini uh, Flash costume. A bolt extends from Barry's chest and changes his costume into the traditional Kid Flash costume, which I think is just a great uh, look. Um, Barry says that the costumes being the same could create confusion, and it didn't really do it too much because you could always tell from uh, perspective, as long as you made it clear that Barry was bigger, draw him bigger, you could tell who was who. But you don't always look at people from that particular perspective. So now with the new costume, and there actually drew a few panels where Wally was in the foreground and was bigger just because of his placement in the panel, but uh, you could still tell it was Wally. So it was a nice change. One thing I don't like about it is because you have the bolt of energy extending from Barry's chest to change the costume, he delivers a page-long Technobabble, incomprehensible explanation of why it happened, which has to do with the interdimensional alien invasion and super weapons. It just bogs down the story. It would just have been a lot simpler and made a lot more sense just to have Barry say, by the way, I've been thinking uh, our costumes, uh, you need your own look. I came up with this design. What do you think? And if he likes it, just super sew it up. Be a lot simpler. But at any rate, it does introduce that classic look for Kid Flash. Issue 139 introduces the Reverse Flash, one of the most dangerous and deadly Flash villains. He is a man from the 25th century whose favorite historical character is the Flash, but not for fighting crime or virtue, that part he doesn't like. He just likes it that he goes really fast, which I think explains why uh, some people like superheroes, not for their values, but just because they do cool things, even if uh, they don't really like the superhero's virtues. So that what had happened was that a uh, time capsule was sent into the future, and it was found, and uh, Ebord Thorn ran off with the Flash costume that the Flash had put in the... Uh, 
time capsule. The goofiness of the origin comes from the fact that uh, Thawne's uh, claim was that uh, there were super speed wave patterns that were on uh, the costume uh, from 500 years previously that he was able to amplify with 25th century technology. I mean, it's a really silly idea for giving him powers. The story is good once he gets powers and uh, really tries to find a way to compete with the Flash and uh, the Flash travels back in time. It's a really fun, epic story. I, I think the second story is better in issue 147, the second reverse Flash story. He finds a way to, uh, because he also goes by the name Professor Zoom, he finds a way to get uh, powers through element Z. And he comes up with a plan for uh, for a criminal activity that involves making the element man uh, return to his life. The element man really has been uh, trying to reform. And so there is this sort of battle for his future and for his life between the Flash and the reverse Flash that really is just a nice touch for this issue. I also like the cover for the issue because you have uh, the Flash and the reverse Flash on the cover uh, on uh, different sides of a wall racing towards uh, Element Man. And it's uh, a callback to issue 123. And so you know you drew an iconic cover when uh, people are paying homage to it two years late, just two years later. It's not one of those ones where they wait 10 or 20 years. But uh, that was great. Uh, the introduction of Heatwave came in issue 140, and uh, essentially he's introduced as a former circus fire eater who, for his own personal reasons, decided to engage in a life of crime. And uh, Heatwave actually came on the scene as the Flash was about to capture Captain Cole and saved him from being captured. They went back to Captain Cole's um, lair and exchanged and split up the loot. But then they uh, divided over a difference of opinion uh, with uh, them both being in love with uh, the mystery woman that uh, Captain Cole's in love with. Uh, this was an okay story. I have to admit that I don't care much for the initial design for Heatwave. It's a really unimaginative costume. Uh, you know, unlike the others that were done, um, in the, uh, story, uh, you know, you get to see these origin story. There's these iconic looks of people like Captain Cold and Captain Boomerang and Mirror Master. His is just a pretty much a white jumpsuit with a mask on it. Not really imaginative all, at all, and the story uh, doesn't do a whole lot for me. Uh, but it does introduce an important character. Uh, some other highlights of the book. Uh, in issue 135... Uh, some disabled boys actually figure out Kid Flash's identity. It's a story that highlights the uh, strengths and the abilities of people with disabilities and is one of those stories that tries to help teach kids to uh, respect and understand what they would have to, what they have to contribute. Uh, then, um, 
one of the uh, funnier ideas in this book is that the mirror master is sitting in prison and decides to break out uh, because he's been biding his time, but there is a jailhouse poll for who is the most effective criminal. And he broke out and, uh, because uh, he was ranked number three behind the trickster and Captain Cold. At the end of the, uh, and essentially his plot involves using mere versions of himself to distract the Flash and uh, to kind of serve as bodyguards. And it's a fun concept. Uh, once he gets back in prison, at the end of it, he is now dropped to number six, falling behind Abracadabra, Captain Boomerang, and the top. Wow, you're ranked behind the top. And the uh, uh, trickster, really. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah, the people who write jailhouse newsletters uh, with this poll, I guess, sowing the sensibility of people who ended up uh, in prison. But this is a hilarious concept, really fun, the way it's carried out. Uh, then you have a Gardner Fox written story, uh, issue 137, The uh, Vengeance of the Immortal Villain. And this has Vandal Savage uh, picking off members of the Justice Society on uh, Earth 2 one by one and uh, capturing them. Barry and Jay end up coming to the rescue, but he's able to use uh, his machine to manipulate them to get them to fight over who will capture them until they finally settle it. Uh, this story, at the end, it does see the Justice Society agreeing to reestablish itself and start meeting again. I guess so that by staying in closer contact, maybe you won't have uh, these old foes coming and kidnapping you. Of course, this would also set the stage for the Justice League of America, Justice Society of America crossovers. Uh, the puzzle of the Phantom Plunderers in issue number 142 as the backup story, uh, after the prankster story is, uh, is interesting. It, essentially, you have these interdimensional, uh, villains who are tapping into the Flash's powers to commit crimes on their world. The Flash ends up on their world and ends up uh, imprisoned uh, as a menace and uh, he has to capture them uh, or risk uh, being punished for their crimes. It's a fun story, some good concept and some imaginative drawing on the aliens. Number 143 is the trial of the uh, trail of the false green lanterns. And there are clones of uh, green lantern Hal Jordan uh, who are evil and committing crimes for uh, Dr. T.O. Morrow, who we mentioned in a previous uh, Crisis on uh, Multiple Earths review. And uh, this one is a fun uh, story. You know, it's visually hard to keep track of, but I think for a reason. Um, I'm really kind of unclear as to why the Green Lanterns became uh, evil clones, but it's still a fun team-up. Uh, and uh, just a really uh, pleasant one to read. Number 145 has the is The Weather Wizard Blows Up a Storm. What makes this one interesting is that when the Weather Wizard is going to uh, 
send his bizarre weather, it's really just totally random as to when it's going to happen. Uh, but there is a kid who is actually able to predict this, and uh, it's an interesting setup and a nice little twist as to how he's able to do that, uh, even though it's not totally um, unpredictable. Then the backup story in that issue is the girl from the super fast dimension, where the Flash runs into a woman from another dimension uh, who normally can't be seen by anybody else because she's moving too fast through our dimension for the uh, human eye to see. And the Flash gets her to slow down so that she can be seen and so she can interact with the world. But then there are some problems that come up as a result of that. Uh, again, it's a clever, high-concept stuff, uh, traditional 60s science fiction. Um, I, there were some... St- Oh, and uh, I should also mention that there is a recurring theme, at least three backup stories where Iris's dad, Professor West, uh, gets an inkling that Barry might be the Flash. Probably one of the more interesting ones is that Barry was always showing up late, uh, and it's not a situation where um, he is... Uh, actually uh, knew he was late, but rather he arrived, his watch said he was on time, but he was 10 minutes late, and there was an explanation about the use of super speed around that. And that was pretty interesting. Um, I think overall, the rest of the book, uh, the the stories were mostly not bad, but I think that uh, they were in some ways less interesting than previous volumes. It's important to keep in mind that uh, we're more than uh, 30 issues in to the modern-day run of The Flash, and it is a challenge to keep coming up with creative new stories, particularly when you're going with plot-based stories uh, as opposed to character-based and uh, this was really the focus of the uh, DC uh, Silver Age. So there are some repetitive concepts, some that are a little too overladen with uh, techno babble. Uh, and uh, there were a couple that I didn't much care for. I thought the prankster story in this book was bad. It, it was just kind of randomly going around uh, doing stuff without much of a point. Um, or a uh, reason why. Uh, and then the, there was the Mirror Master story, which got, ex- you know, I like Silver Age goofy, but there is a line between goofy and stupid. And the uh, issue where the Mirror Master stole the f- uh, switch places with the Flash's legs, uh, that one was just silly uh, and did not, uh, really work. It was a dumb story, in my opinion. Uh, and I've been a fan of most of the Mirror Master stories. And I think most of the uh, stories in this book are good, but they're not the extreme level of awesome that I would assign to the previous volumes of The Flash. Still, they're worth reading. And if you love The Silver Age, you love The Flash, uh, there's a lot to enjoy here. But it's not quite as good as previous volumes. Still, even not being quite as good, it will earn a rating of classy as opposed to the rating of very classy I gave for the previous volume. There's a lot of fun comics in here. Uh, there are uh, the key milestones with Professor Zoom 
as well as uh, getting to see the first uh, appearance of the Kid Flash costume are cool. Plus, I think the Vandal Savage story is great, and it sets the stage for so much fun and excitement that would come with the uh, Justice League of America, Justice Society of America crossovers. All right, that's all for now. If you have a comment, send it to me, classycomicsguy at gmail.com. Be sure and follow me on Twitter at classycomicsguy and rate the show on iTunes. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.